guys. Harsh from Game Changers Podcast. Uh, and here's with me, Jaden, my co-host, as always. But today I have, um, I wouldn't even say guest, a really, really good friend of mine, Roman uh, Laknayuk. Uh, he's he's a student at University of Alberta. He's a sales manager at Turnip Homes. Um, and, um, you know, for people that, you know, go to business school at U of A, he, he is a prominent face. Um, I, I've, uh, well, like Roman knows, we've, we've done so many classes together for the last couple of years. Um, I actually met him uh, in my second year of entrepreneurship. So I'm super excited to have you on as our second guest for our student series. Welcome back. Hey, dude. It's nice seeing you, man. I'm really excited to have a conversation with both of you guys and just share some ideas and see where it takes us. Yeah. And, you know, for people that don't know, um, it's so funny because Jaden, like, sorry, Roman is the reason me and Jaden met. Um, I asked Roman, you know, hey, I'm, I have this podcast and we, we, we recently disassembled a team. And I was like, hey, man, I want I want some good quality people. And I trust Roman's judgment, like really, really highly. And he he recommended to me, he's like, hey, you know, Jaden is one of my friends and he's really into this kind of stuff. And I think you guys will really hit it off. And he he's the link between me and Jaden actually connecting on the podcast. Yeah, it's funny thinking back because there's a part of my life where I didn't really know what I wanted to do and like how I wanted to do it. So what I did is just connected people. I would meet a lot of people. And what's funny is the more people I met, the more people I saw fit together. When you said I need people in my podcast. Yeah, Jaden came to my mind right away. <laughs> Jaden, you were like you were exploring like a lot of different things at the time. So oh, it, yeah. it's good to see how far it's, it's taking you guys. Yeah, and yeah. you have connected and me to so for, many people. It's crazy, man. Awesome. Same, yeah. It's crazy. Like, how, uh, so many of my connections are from J, like from uh, Roman. And, like, I personally, in my head, I'm like, when I think Roman, I'm like Mr. Network, right? So, <laughs> like, this, this guy is like a LinkedIn guru. Like, he does presentations, like, throughout different universities. He's done presentations in the U.S., in, in Canada, like, for different cr- classes. Um, he's been like, I think what's uh, LinkedIn learning ambassador in the past as well. So, and when you, when you talk about these opportunities, I know like you're, you're involved in a lot of different opportunities. You have some projects, you know, I don't know if it's exclusive. You have two projects that you're working on right now. And then, um, you, you have your, you have a sales manager role at Turnip, which I think is, um, extraordinary to have at such a young age. And, um, like you've done door to door sales with Turnip for multiple years, you're LinkedIn ambassador, you're doing presentations with consulting. you're, you're doing um you're teaching courses on behalf of like with with a partnership with rbc so you're involved in all these things but i know personally from my experience and knowing you that a lot of those opportunities have come from linkedin right Mm -hmm. and what what that brings me to is i really want to discuss you know linkedin and how important it is now like more than ever right i mean why why should someone have a linkedin account and why is it so important to build on it like why should i put an effort to you know build my linkedin account well, I'll start with this idea that I got from this book. I think it was the, the, the name of the book was the 12 ways of getting lucky or something. And mm-hmm. the one principle stuck with me was to get lucky. Luck is a byproduct of you being in a fast flow of people. So a fast flow of people, you interacting with it. So I want to start with this idea because I truly believe that unique opportunities and the things we want come from us interacting with the environment as much as possible. Uh, so, I mean, people, right? Being involved with the community, business, business professionals, engineers, tech people, whatever you're pursuing. So to answer your question, why would someone be on LinkedIn? 
these days is because LinkedIn allows you to get in front of a lot of people quickly with uh, minimum effort. To give you an analogy, so typically to meet, to meet let's say 20 new people, uh, you wanna go to a networking event. That's, that's the traditional way of doing it, right? You go to an event, you meet new people, and chances are out of those 20 people, maybe two people you will uh, stick with, like people that you actually generally connect with, that you wanna see again. Now, to, be, to go to an event, it takes you an hour of your time. Um, now on LinkedIn, you can meet the same 20 people and more within minutes. It's really simple. All you gotta do is build a nice profile, explains what you do, um, what you're kind of looking for, and then get in front of people, you know, connect. You can literally use a search engine to find specific people that you're looking for, your industry, and just send them a message. It's so much quicker, right? That, that's, that's the reason why I think LinkedIn is worth exploring is because it's quick and it's efficient. And, and I know like LinkedIn specifically, like it's one of the few places that uh, allows you to like build organic connections. And the algorithm is very, very fair for everyone to really yeah. grow. Um, but that brings me to the point where like, yeah, okay, you can make connections, you can grow. But for you, it's led to a lot of these corporate partnerships. Tell me a little bit more about like how anyone can possibly find a job or, uh, you know, let's say they have their own business, how they can get these sponsorships or, you know, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, and what, what kind of opportunities come from this? Gotcha. Yeah. So like the question is like, how do you, how do you use LinkedIn to land something, a job or a partnership, whatever that might be, maybe just a new relationship, professional relationship. It all starts with, so there's, there's a few parts to it. I'm going to go one by one. It all starts with your profile, right? So your profile on social media, specifically LinkedIn is like a sales pitch, not, not like a pitch, kind of like a pitch, but it's also kind of like, it's a description to who you are and why people should interact with you. So the one mistake that people make is they underestimate the importance of a well-crafted profile. So your very first step to getting those partnerships and getting an opportunity to get those uh, like, yeah, partnerships is to build a profile that represents exactly who you are, who you've been, uh, your credibility, like show your credibility, get endorsements, get recommendations, just put in everything that you have to offer into your profiles. When, when I go in your profile, harsh, right? I look in your profile so I know exactly what you do. So it's clear to me, right? And that's the very first part. Uh, that's where you know a lot of the magic happens is in the profile, the way it's designed. Now, the second part is once you built your profile, you have something, right? But how do you get in front of people? It's like, it's kind of like this. If you have an ad, like if you built a built a billboard next to a road that has no traffic, what's the point of it, right? Same mm, idea with a profile. Analogy. Yeah. So you want to find, you want to make sure that there's traffic, right? Next to the billboard or your profile. And how do you do that? Well, the way you do it is one, you reach out to people. You use the search engine on LinkedIn to find key people that you are interested in meeting. For example, for me, I'm curious about marketing, about tech, entrepreneurship, sales, right? These are, my, these are my top topics. Now, what are your top topics? Figure those out and then use the search engine to search for people within those niches and connect with them. Send them a note to stand out and connect with them. You know, start a conversation. What's happening now is you have this amazing profile, explains who you are, and now you're using a search engine to build traffic, build traffic to your profile, right? 
So that's the second step is connecting with people on LinkedIn. And the third step is engagement and content. So what, is, what does that do? Well, if you have a billboard uh, that, that you know, kind of promotes something, and you have traffic next to it, your, your content is like this magnet to get more traffic, right? Uh, what content does is it shows people, it, it's, your, it's your way of showing people your value consistently mm. over the long run. It's your way of uh, kind of reminding people that you're still here and here's why you should, uh, like here's why you should reach out to me basically. Or here's why we should, mm. we should this is why we're in touch. So what, what I mean by that right. is when you produce content, for example, for Jaden, I know he, he likes to post about investing. When you have a network and you have content about investing that you produce, when people see that content, it's, it's a reminder to them that, oh wait, Jaden, I remember Jaden. Oh, cool. He, he's into investing now. Uh, let me check out his profile. Right. So those are the kind of the three steps yeah. to, to getting people to notice you on LinkedIn, you know? Right. So, yeah, okay. So I'm going to ask you um, a question. So uh, this is, this is going to be uh, an Instagram reel. So in 15 seconds, I need the top three tips for, um, for LinkedIn. Top three tips for LinkedIn. Okay. So first tip is make sure you have a slick profile that makes it clear who you are and what you do Two, reach out to the types of people that you want to attract and three offer value to those people through content, real value, share what you know, share stories, achievements, ideas, whatever that might be, make it valuable to those people. And as long as you do those three things, you will generate opportunities. They did not expect. Okay. Easy, easy and simple. That's, that's a real right there, you know, easy content for us, but no, I really wanted, uh, I really wanted to hear that in a concise way. And that that's really simple. Right. And, and I think what people mostly struggle with is like, I know a lot of those, uh, those, uh, some of those tips, but like, you know, executing that with consistency, that's where the key comes. Everyone has a LinkedIn profile, but who's out there really putting the, putting in the effort and, you know, putting out content on a regular basis and really making an effort to make these connections. You know, I love that you bring this up. And I, the reason I love that you brought this up is because that's the part that we're missing. We all know what to do and how to do everything in the world, but we struggle to commit sometimes and to actually execute on these ideas. So how can, how can I help you guys to actually execute on these strategies? Well, I want you guys to realize this. LinkedIn is an undervalued uh, platform, just like things like Bitcoin have been or certain stocks like Apple, for example, there's certain things that are out there growing, but people are not valuing them enough. But at mm, some point yeah. those things become like super popular and it's by that time it's too late to take advantage of it. So LinkedIn as a social mm. media platform is like the, the, the Apple of the stocks. What do I mean by this? Well, check this out. Here's some stats. Based on what I remember from reading some stats from last year, less than 2% or even like 1% of LinkedIn users post consistently. So think about it this way. If you are in a room of 100 people, when you are, if, if that room was Instagram, everyone's talking, everyone's producing content. It's really loud and noisy. No one really hears each other. It's really hard to generate traffic. LinkedIn is like a room of 100 people and you're the only person talking. So if you're on the mm. stage higher than everyone talking with a microphone like this, 
You know, what are the chances of you being heard in comparison to being in the other room that we call Instagram? Much, much higher. And that's the opportunity. That's where LinkedIn is undervalued. It's undervalued for that, for producing content and being one of the first people to do that. And that trend is slowing down. I mean, there's more and more people using LinkedIn to produce content. In a few years, it will be over. The opportunity will yeah. be extinct, extinct. You know, it's going to be done. Mm. So the reason I, you should... I really like that analogy. Yeah. And it's... Um, yeah. And I think the reason why I... My perception is I think people think LinkedIn is... Um, it's it's a boring uh, platform because it, like Instagram has that entertainment factor. And LinkedIn is more for like professional or educational purposes. And then that's where people are like, oh, social media, you know what? I'm going to go on Instagram instead. But you're so right. Like it's so slept on because yeah, like it might be a little bit boring and it might be more focused on the professional side, but the amount of opportunities is going to open for you, uh, for you like professionally is like, you can't even imagine. Like it's happened for you, right? For sure. Like, and let me give you another analogy just to go into that even deeper. Think about Instagram as a bar. You go to a bar, it's great. You know, you're having fun. Uh, you know, people are showing off their outfits, whatever, their cars. When you come out of the bar, when you come home, you don't really get much to bring with you, right? LinkedIn yeah. is like a networking event. You go in, you interact with people, you come out with opportunities, with connections. You come out with things worth your time. And mm. that's, that's like just that a lot. That's something big to realize and take note of, right? Where do you mm. want to spend your time? And Harsh, you mentioned LinkedIn being boring and not the platform that people use that much these days. But here's the thing, personally, like, so you mentioned that how I got some opportunities through LinkedIn, multiple opportunities. Well, to be more specific, I've generated money through LinkedIn. Something I don't post about or don't talk about is I do uh, execute contract work for some businesses in the city, local businesses doing digital marketing for them. And some mm -hmm. of these clients, actually most of them came through LinkedIn. And the crazy part, they didn't come from me reaching out to people. People reached out to me because I made myself visible and I proved my worth and people came to me, right? That's the difference. So while people are chasing opportunities, I'm generating opportunities and attract them to myself. That's kind of mm. the difference. That's, that's the difference in mindset. Right. Yeah, right. that makes sense because uh, if I'm choosing, I have 15 minutes to spare. I find if I use Instagram, I don't really take anything away. Like maybe let's say I DM a verified person. They're not going to DM back. Um, like just, it, I don't really take much away, but if I spend that 15 minutes on LinkedIn, I can reach out to three people and even they can be top, um, LinkedIn influencers and I can get response from each one of them. And in 15 minutes, I'm, I'm building a connection with someone that's, uh, like-minded to me and that can, um, help me and I can help them. Like Roman is like the king of LinkedIn. Like in my, in my mindset, like that's how I think of him. Cause like he's, he's mastered it. And like, he's, he knows, how, he knows a platform. Like he knows how to maneuver it. It's like, it's like his niche. It's his thing. So like really take in, uh, if you want to grow um, your business or if you want to land opportunities, this is the information you should be listening to. But going from marketing, I also want to talk about a different type of marketing you've done, which is you've done door-to-door -door sales. And I think that's a really, really cool experience because I've done like very little of it and I know how challenging it can be. And you've done it for a while. Like you've done it for a long time over the summers. You, I know with Turnip Homes, you, you travel all over Canada doing door-to-door -door sales and now you're the sales manager. You just got promoted. So 
I mean, t- tell me about your experiences in door-to-door sales and you know what you've learned o- over the past couple of years. I think the biggest thing I learned in door-to-door sales is the value of my time. For some reason, in our like in our generation, a lot of people are rejecting commission-based jobs and they're chasing wages. My mind works the other way around. Like I think that it's better to work for commission. It's better to start your own business, to start your own podcast, you know, and monetize it. Or it's it's better to do commission job because you learn the key lesson, which is if your production's high, you get paid more. And in jobs, the opposite happens. People get paid, let's say, $20 an hour. And over time, they do less and less per hour because they figure out ways to slack off. Well, in commission-based jobs, that is not possible because if you're not working, you're not getting closer to your next dollar. So the biggest thing that I learned through door-to-door sales, and so I did it for three years. um, And actually, in my my job, selling alarm systems, you, you don't... You don't really get promoted to be a sales manager. You build your own team and you have to take a level of responsibility that is scary to a lot of people. It's intimidating. There's liability. The amount, the amount of time you invest into building a team is a lot of time as well. And that was a part of that lesson of production, right? Um, so, you know, what I was talking about like, what, what, what's the biggest thing I learned from it, right? So yes, yeah, so one is uh, it's, production man like that's that's a big thing so i I literally forgot what i said in the middle there Uh, there, there's something i wanted to say i wish i could just go back and remember but you know i'll keep it short man the biggest the biggest thing i learned is is the value of my time and i think everyone should invest at least a part of their life into learning to earn an income through their own production versus working for someone right and i think with your own income the the thing is like why do people like, I guess, suffice with, you know, a, a salary and working for someone else? Cause there's security that comes with it. And I think yeah. the reason people seek security is, well, the only reason you would want security is because there is insecurity and what is insecurity of? And I think it's a lack of confidence in your own ability. If you don't have confidence in your own ability to, Oh, you know, I, I, I think I'm capable enough of going out there and making enough money to survive on a commission based job or through my own business then you're going to, you're going to make the jump and you're going to take the leap. But if you don't have that confidence in your own abilities, then you're going to look for like, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm, I'm just going to get a nine to five. Cause that's safer. That's easier. And you know, something might go wrong. That, that's like my perception to it. hundred percent. Like a lot of people that they dream of running a big business and owning a big business. But when it comes to trying a commission based job, they're intimidated. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. actually look down at, at those kind of jobs. I look up, like, I think it's been the biggest, one of the biggest blessings of my life going through these three summers of doing door-to-door sales. And mm. an- another thing I want to bring up for those who might want to try sales or even do door-to-door sales, the reason I'm still doing it. And the reason I did it, like another reason is because you learn the fundamentals of communication. We live in a generation and time where social media has taken over a social life like has taken over, but has become a big part of our social life. Now, the traditional, the tr- traditional jobs like door-to-door sales, they teach you the fundamentals of communication. And these, fundament- these fundamentals, they, they exist everywhere. They're used everywhere. Wherever people are communicating, interacting, the same fundamentals you learn in door-to-door sales, they exist there too. And a big part of my 
understanding of LinkedIn and my ability to use it to my advantage has come from going door to door. I mm -hmm. learned the very core principles of what it takes to build a relationship right. and to, to, to get business, you know, to generate business and generate revenue out of nowhere, like in the middle of nowhere. Hmm. So, you know, if you learn to do it yeah. going door to door, you could learn to do it over uh, internet and over the phone and any other yeah. method. Yeah, I'd like to uh, add. So with uh, salary jobs, like they, they just stay the same. So like a lawyer, like they might make $200,000 a year and they might make that for like the rest of their life. But uh, people that are commission and businesses, that's scalable. Because even someone doing door to door, they can make way more than $200,000 a year once they have a team and they scale it and they become more efficient. And yeah, like if the lawyer opened up their own firm or their own business, that would be scalable because they're working on commission, but salary just isn't scalable like commission. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, like if, if you, like if, if you're watching, if someone's watching now, if you, if you want to start a business and own a business over the long run, you will have to make the jump at some point. And if you're in your twenties, I highly recommend commission jobs because that's the smallest jump you could make to being a business owner. Like some people try to go from employment straight to ownership, owning a business. That's a pretty big jump, right? Like there's so many things you have to learn to start a business, taxes, filing GST, scaling it, you know, delegation. There's, there's so many different things you have to learn like marketing that, and I think that like commission jobs are a perfect way to make the first step and bit by bit you step into management. That's what I did this year. And eventually do step into ownership. I'm kind of doing all of it at the same time because I'm, I'm doing things on the side where I own the business or, you know, I, I do, I do my own uh, projects on the side while I'm also working with someone with another company where I get paid as commissioned manager, for example. Right. So that's really interesting. I think because, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's like bridging the gap between, um, and being an employee and having your own business, right? Because it is a big jump to make. And I really like how, you know, the, what could help you complete that bridge is, like you said, a commission job, but, you know, going from there, I, I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about your school. Cause I know, um, you're still at university. I saw Roman, Roman is a, is a third year student at the university of Alberta. And, um, I have graduated, but we were, we were in the same, same year. So what's going on? You, you took a break or you're, you're, you dropped out. I mean, you could say I dropped out. There's many ways to work that. What happened, basically what happened was, so for me, university has never been about getting a degree. I went to university mainly because I wanted to explore. I want to socialize with people and I just want to explore to see what I wanted to do. And I felt like, University is one of those communities um, where there's a lot of young people that are doing the same as me. They're figuring out what to do next. So when I went to university, it was my whole goal to explore. And that's what I did for the last three years. Um, at the, while I was in university, at the same time, I always explored different ventures. Like my first year of university, I tried, attempted to start a clothing brand, bought a sewing machine, tried to do that. In fact, the pants I'm wearing right now, <laughs> you can see them. I'm ac I actually made these pants by myself. With no my way. I did, That's yeah. really cool. With That's the help of my cool. friend. Yeah. So throughout years of being on, like on campus, I've always explored different ideas and there's like many more. And in my third year, I got to the point where university 
had was not wasn't much of a supplement anymore. It was more of an obstacle because the things that were I was pursuing were requiring more and more of my time. So going to my fourth year, I chose to leave university so I could focus more on my other ventures and develop those while the opportunity is still there. You know what I mean? Because sometimes it, it, you can't always wait for an opportunity. The opportunities won't wait for you. So I just had to go and kind of focus on my other ventures. And, you know, I, I don't think university is a bad thing. It's a bad experience. I think it's a great thing to do to go through post-secondary education experience. But if you have opportunities outside of university that are waiting for you right now, I think it's a good decision just leave university sometimes and just kind of uh, well, commit. And uh, you being a leader, you've um, spoken a lot and made uh, presentations. And for me, I always try to attend uh, any of your presentations that you have because I always take something new away, which is like, it's cool. Like I, I'm surprised how much I take away every time. I remember the first one I went to by you was in the um, Liberty, uh, like warehouse. little garage warehouse. <laughs> and then the next one was at like U of A and then a cafe uh, and the cafe one, um, you had to buy tickets on Eventbrite. It was like super official. And then, um, I don't know. I think there was another one or a webinar or something, but how did you get into speaking? And Oh, oh and you uh, presented at UBC and uh, in Kiev. So how did you get into speaking and how have you built this up? Cause it seems to be a big part of your um, personal branding. I'll tell you guys a really funny story. So when I was in high school, I was, some people made the comment to me that I talk too much, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I was like, Oh, something must be wrong with me. You know, something must be yeah. off about me. And then as, as time went, see, I was, I think I was always somewhat independent in how, what I believed in and stuff. So when I heard that comment with time, I started to realize I started to question myself, like, why do I actually talk more than the average person? And then I realized it's because I feel this urge to share my ideas and to share things that I find valuable, period. That's kind of mm -hmm. the main motivations behind my talks, behind me talking with you guys and with my friends and anyone else that I, that I meet in, in person. So with that idea, with that realization, I, told, like, I realized also that I could be a speaker, if I like to talk, if I like to share ideas, so it's not about talking, but sharing ideas and value, mm. why don't I become a speaker? And then I took the idea and I, and I started to execute it very quickly. So in my first year of university, I did my first presentation uh, in this high school in St. Albert, talking about how someone in high school can decide where to go to post-secondary and how you make the decision. At the time I was 18 years old, and that my audience was like, they were my peers, you know? So people were 18 and grade 12, a lot of people were, so they were my peers. And, and I went to do the first presentation and it felt great. Like it felt so, it felt so meaningful. It felt like it was my thing to do. But to be honest, the night before I felt super intimidated. Yeah. I'm just kind of telling you guys the story of my path of how I got into speaking. However, after my first, after doing my first presentation, I did a few more and eventually I realized that's what I wanted to do. and that's when I realized I also need a topic. Like I need a topic. I need something I can talk, speak on that I'm credible in. And I didn't have anything I felt I was credible in yet. 
And over time, I got really good with using social media. And at some point I realized that I can offer a lot of value because my friends, when they, when they heard me talk about what I did on LinkedIn, they were curious. They were like, like, how do you do this? How do you do that? Like, why do you use LinkedIn? And after offering value to my friends, what I did was like the first presentation I did, Jaden, in the Liberty Warehouse, the garage, was yeah. me bringing all of my friends who were curious about LinkedIn and I built my first presentation like that, right? And that was my first experience presenting about a topic that was mine. And over time, I just looked for more and more opportunities to present, partner up, whatnot. And you know, one thing I'll tell you is when after I did my first presentation, I posted it on Instagram and I heard some rumors, you know, some people who felt like I was crazy to go and yeah. present. Like, why, who, does he th- who does he think he is? Why is he presenting? Like, we know that he is, you know, just like, he doesn't have anything special, right? That's, that's kind of, yeah. the, that was the perspective. But in my mind, that didn't matter because I knew why I wanted to do it is because I want to share value. And I think it's not very selfish to do that, you know? Yeah, let me add on to the. So I started when I was in high school, um, I started a presentation series just around the high school because I wanted something to do and something to try out. And that's exactly, I, one of my buddies told me just a few weeks ago that that's exactly, some people were saying, who does this guy think he is? What is he doing? Like, did he just like, is this guy going insane? Like, and that's so funny that, that you got the same thing and I wouldn't expect that from you, but people <laughs> just like, don't like this change. Yeah, it's a, it's like that imposter syndrome, right? Like it's like you have this image created in in, the, in these people's perception, and as soon as you try to like, I guess, step out of that bubble, bubble, and you try to like, I guess, do something new, they're like, no, 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 what are you doing? Like you, that's that's not yeah. how they perceive you. Like, are you trying to do something new? No, 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 get back in. They get your pissed little bubble off too. Yeah, they get it's pissed so off. Yeah, like some people they just they don't like to see other people uh, making changes. And like, have you seen those quotes? Like, oh. um, you know, people talking about like, oh, that person changed or like, oh yeah, he changed. He's, he's not the same guy. It's like, you know, you're supposed yeah. to change, right? Like you're, that's part of life. Like over time, you're supposed to change and grow and evolve. And for people that think like, oh, you know, you know, ne- you should never change. It should always be the same. It's something to think about. Um, well, but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Roman. Like one thing I will say is I can understand why people will make those comments and why they, they feel the way they do. I think it's very natural it's part of it's part of human nature. I guess my takeaway from this, and the reason I even brought up this whole story, is I think that there's a lot of people who have big dreams. They have there's things they want to do, and some of these things are bald, like they're ambitious, like these are big ambitions that people want to pursue. Now, the biggest challenge I think that we experience as young people, especially, is the judgment and fear of judgment, fear of criticism. For some reason, I never was that like afraid enough of it to stop. Like I, I, I felt, I never like, I never fully enjoyed criticism. You know, sometimes it hurts me, but the thing is it never bothered me enough for me not to do what I want to do. And I feel like a lot of people do not do what they want to do because of criticism. And I want to bring up that story to show you guys. And I guess the people listening on the, to this podcast that even though you receive criticism from people, it's not a reason to stop, keep doing what you want to do. And eventually you will find yourself in a better position where people actually embrace some of the things that you do. They're appreciative of what you do. And maybe they actually look up to you and ask you for advice eventually. So instead of, you know, yeah. like, don't like, I don't think it's, 
it's good to be bitter <laughs> when you get criticized. It's it's good to acknowledge that you know some people might not feel comfortable with with what they see, but over the long run, they actually might come back and appreciate what you've done and look up to you. You know, that's that's my biggest takeaway. Yeah. No, that's that's a great insight. I think uh like spot on with the fear of judgment. I think that's the reason why a lot of people don't even start stuff. And I mean, my next question actually was gonna be, you know, what is your what is your advice to advice to students and you know, people our age and our peers, but I I, I feel like you got you just kinda uh, pre-answer that question already you know i do have i do have i want to share there's something i want to share with you guys right now as advice that something that i'm using as advice as an advice for myself yeah when you're young especially when you turn 18 that's when you start to become an adult in a way right that's when you're legally an adult and that's the time where you start to transition into building a career by picking up new skills and building a career so i guess my biggest advice is not to be in a rush to figure out what you want to do, but be very patient. Instead of just being patient, be in a state of exploration. A lot of, you know, a lot of the entrepreneurs, famous people talk about patience, but I think that not enough people talk about the importance of exploring and not being afraid of exploring. Like for me personally, I've tried some ridiculous things. Like I bought a sewing machine to make, make clothes. I did photography. I used to do photo shoots for graduations, you know, like I used to even try, I tried, attempted music at some point. There's just, there's just a massive list of things that I tried. And what I did every time I tried something is I asked myself, what did I like or not like about this experience? And over the long run, as you ask these questions, you start to notice common pieces that you enjoy with different activities. And they start to notice correlations, right? And then over the long run, you start to notice that there's only a few things you fundamentally enjoy, right? So for example, for me right now, so for me, it has been communication. I used to think that I love communication. It's my thing. I love anything to do with communication, sales, marketing, I don't know, speaking. Now I'm realizing I'm actually interested in organizational building and technology. I like that. I like to work with, I like to be involved with things that produce impact. And I want to be a big part of that process, right? But the only way I was able to learn that is through deep exploration. And I was committed to it, right? So I think the biggest advice that I could share my experience is to commit, to really commit to exploring and trying as much as possible and figuring out what does that mean to me? Yeah. And uh, just with your explanation there, it just um, reminded me of a question that I had for you in the past is how are you so um, mindful and like stoic about things? Because nothing with you is really black and white. And I, I noticed with lots of people, like, like even um, myself, a lot of the times, like just an example, like criticism you use before. Uh, so most people, when they first experience criticism, they, it's like black and white to them. They go and crawl up in there and like run away, crawl up in a cage. They're like, everyone hates me now after they get one negative comment. But for you, it's like not black and white. And you're very like mindful about that. And how have you done that? I mean, there's, there's different ways to explain it. I mean, a recent thought I'll share with you, it's, it's this, is this perspective of viewing yourself as an individual period, yeah. just as an individual and you as an individual, you have your own ideas, your own world, inner world. And what you're doing is you're picking, you're constantly generating ideas within yourself. And then your job is to make them a reality. 
to expand your world, right? So you go from an individual to building things around yourself. Like you guys are building yeah. a podcast, you guys are making content. Like that's a form of leading out of your own world as an individual. I think a lot of people view themselves as a part of a collective. That's why people join clubs. That's why people join all sorts of groups because it's very, it's, it's most comfortable to be part of a group. Mm, right. Yeah. So, so I think, I think a big, like a big way, like a, the way I stay committed to my ideas versus get, being vulnerable with, you know, because of judgment is by realizing that if I want to build, I have to be an individual. I have to be respectful of people around me, but I have to be an individual that leads from my own world. Right. Mm. And when you, when you view yourself that way, what's around you doesn't matter because it's other worlds all around you. Like Jaden, yeah. you posted a video on LinkedIn talking about where Steve Jobs was talking about the world being a place oh, yeah. that's, that's oh, made by people no matter no better than you. You see what I mean? Yeah. Mm. So if you, if you look at the world, it's it's a place of individuals with their own thoughts and ideas, kind of competing in a way, fighting for yeah. the same resources and groups, right? So it's groups that are that are more persuasive against your ideas. Now I painted this whole idea as a, as a, as a competition in a way, but it's, it's really not. It's more, it's more about acknowledging the fact that what's around you, this, like the people around you, people around you have different intentions. Yeah. Because they have different intentions. They won't always support what you do. So it is your job to show them, to, it is your job to show them um, why what you do is actually relevant and it's good to execute on, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you say this with like, uh, so much humility because it, you're not saying like, uh, Oh, I'm the one that deserves all the opportunities. I'm like, I'm like the school guy. Like you're saying like, I'm building up my stuff on the side and then, uh, other people's worlds are going to like collaborate with mine. People are going to see my stuff. You're, you're saying it with so much humility. Like I like it. Yeah. I like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And I, it, and every time like Roman just like talks, I, I always like get these, like, I guess, uh, junior Gary V type vibes. Like, <laughs> like Roman yeah. is about to like, he's, he's gonna like Gary V is going to pass the baton to, to Roman and he's going to be like the next, um, I guess like knowledge or self-development influencer. Cause he's always like dropping these bombs of knowledge, but, um, yeah. And th thanks. Um, thanks for coming on. You know, as we come to a close for the podcast, it was, uh, it was really, really um, a great opportunity to connect again, but like just just learn from you because I think you're one of the you're one you're one of the smartest uh, people that I know, um, and like the most one of the most self aware because I know you you like to explore a lot of things and I think I think that's one of the biggest reasons why you've gone so far at such a young age and you've learned so much and because you're always moving and you never like I guess you know you never like you said when you identify yourself as an individual you're always consistently growing and you're staying true to yourself. So I actually really appreciate that about you. And yeah, man, thanks for, thanks for coming on. Thanks for dropping all these bombs of knowledge. It was, uh, you gave us like a lot of content and a lot of good content. And, um, yeah, every time I talk to you, I always learn, end up learning so much more. And I was just like thinking to myself, like, man, I, why haven't I like reconnected with Roman for so long? You know, like he's, he's such a good, uh, such a good influence to have around you. Uh, so thanks. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, dude, I, I want to say thank you to you as well, man. I think, I think uh, people like yourself, you and Jaden, you guys are people that everyone should value lots because you support 
ideas, you support aspiring entrepreneurs, people who want to do something different, you know, through this podcast and just the way you listen, right? I think when you run a podcast, you interact with a lot of different ideas, a lot of different ideas. And I think it's very humble to listen. And it's also very highly of you to, to spend your time taking these ideas and, you know, bring them to more people. So I want to say thank you for, for building a community around this, you know, as, as I think it, it, it will over the long run, um, it could make a really big impact. It could have a lot of a really big impact on everything, on a lot of different things. Yeah, and uh, it was so good to reconnect with you. Like it's been a while since like COVID and everything, and then you went out for the summer. And uh, like you and Harsh both are like individuals that when I talk to you like on the phone or in person, it just like it reminds me to like um, that like to keep going and like have keep following my ambitions and you guys are just like have such a, a like-minded um perspective on things and you guys um and you especially working so hard and building up multiple business ventures at the same time it's a really good conversation and it really got me thinking yeah i i think uh like me and uh that's a good point because it reminds me like every time I remember like after classes, me and Roman would connect for like lunch or something and uh, like, or like, let's say the school is done and like the end of classes and then Roman's like, oh, you want to hang out? And we, we would hang out and we would, we would have conversations literally for hours on end with like, you know, with no end. And like, we would just talk and talk and develop on thoughts and mindset and um, sharing different pieces of information, ideas. Uh, like just random stuff and it would just because we have such a similar mindset but yeah man uh no thanks for that and uh thanks thanks roman thanks again bro harsh i got it sorry just i have to say this we you you just talked about you just talked about us meeting up and sharing ideas i just want to quickly touch on one last thought so for those who are listening to this podcast this show the game changers if you are a creative individual if you have ideas that are unique, different, uh, that are creative, right? I highly encourage that you look and find people that will support those, those ideas, who will truly listen, and then make sure to develop relationships with those people, right? It's so important to have an environment of people around yourself where you're able to not just share your ideas, but develop them further and get feedback, constructive feedback, right? Not attacks. I'm talking about positive criticism, constructive criticism. It's so important because when you have that environment, you can, you're able to be so much more creative, so much more creative. One, I think one of the reasons people aren't creative sometimes or don't feel creative is because they are in an environment that diminishes their creativity. Like it's just yeah. so, to me, it's just so important. Like I am very, I'm very protective of my environment, of my time. If I see something's a threat to my creativity for whatever reason, I reflect and I figure out whether I want it in my life or not. And that, that means different types of people, places, where you live, how you eat, right? Like there's so many things that affect your creativity. It's so important to make sure to intentionally construct an environment that's creative and supports that. Yeah. I can definitely second that. I think uh, there's a lot of books coming out right now that are talking about, you know, 
focusing on your environment and how that's like the biggest um, influencer in your life in terms of how you can achieve uh, whatever you're looking to achieve and how you can get to your goals faster. But no, thank, thanks again, man. It was really awesome connecting as friends. Uh, I learned a lot from you, like hundred percent. You're, you're probably one of my biggest, um, I guess, inspirations when I look at someone like, yo, you know, this is what I, this is the kind of work ethic. This is the kind of mindset that I aspire to, you know, maintain or continue and build on. You're definitely one of those. So um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Thanks for the knowledge. And thank you everyone for, um, for watching. Thanks for the support. Um, hopefully you guys are staying safe with COVID-19 and um, happy new year's to everybody. Stay safe. And thanks for the support and take care. Bye-bye.